Yes, welcome back to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Uh, just updating the cricket, Afghanistan taking on Australia. Australia. Afghanistan won the toss and elected to bat first. And currently, Glenn Maxwell is bowling the 11th over. Afghanistan a 1-4-52. Josh Hazelwood getting the wicket of Gabaz for 21. Zadran is 29 not out and Shah is one not out. So the wicket going the way of Josh Hazelwood. He's got the figures, four overs, no maidens, one for 16. Stark has bowled three overs at a cost of 19 runs. Pat Cummins just the one over for five. And Maxwell's in his third over has no wicket for 12. So a, a pretty good start by Pakistan. One for 53. They're going at about 4.89 runs and over. Tough times for WA in the Sheffield Shield match being played at the SCG. As we know, WA made 141 in their first innings. New South Wales replied with 276. And Ollie Davies uh, coming in at number six was the difference between a total for New South Wales that would have been pretty close to WA. He made 129. The next top score was Moses Henriques. He made 51. They made 276 in total did uh, New South Wales uh, to lead Western Australia by 135. Uh, Lance Morris, the pick of the bowlers, three for 87 of 17.3 overs. Joel Paris uh, just stayed with two wickets. He had two wickets last night. In the end, he finished with two for 52 from 16. Uh, Corey Rocciolli bowled 14 overs, took two for 58. And Hamish McKenzie also uh, bowled 11 overs, two for 37. But in their second innings, WA in all sorts of trouble. They still trail New South Wales by 31 runs with three wickets remaining. Bancroft is 44 not out. Charlie Stobo, 16 not out. Joel Paris, uh, next to Cam Bancroft, was the top scorer with 26. Have a listen to this. Whiteman, one. Teague Wiley, no score. Hilton Cartwright, no score. Josh Phillippe, no score. Ashton Turner, two. Hamish McKenzie, one. So Western Australia went from one for 19 to six for 34. Yes, I'll repeat that again. One for 19 to six for 34. So they lost five for around about 15 runs. So another bad batting collapse. They lost five for seven in the first innings. And here today in their second innings, five for 15. So... They'll be struggling to get away with not uh, an innings defeat here unless Cam Bancroft and Charlie Stobo put together a good partnership tomorrow. But they've already lost seven wickets and uh, at a cost of 104 runs, they're in a bit of trouble. All right, last night, a great performance by the Perth Wildcats. An overtime victory over Melbourne United. Melbourne United certainly went into the match as very much favourites on the back end of what's been some indifferent form by the Perth Wildcats. It was a funny game against the Adelaide 36ers at RAC Arena on Friday night, an ebbs and flows game, but in the end, the Wildcats got it done. And then, of course, they travelled to play uh, the Melbourne United last night over there in Melbourne. A great victory, and this is what John really, the coach, had to say about the performance last night, particularly on the rebounding effort in the past two games. Yeah, look, that just feeds into the winning ugly situation. And now, like, we're generating some great looks out of that. But then when you're not playing great offensively, you've got to find ways. And that's been a way for us to get some good looks, but just create energy. 
about the way that we play at that end of the floor. So, um, you know, the adjustment to the lineup certainly helped that. Um, but then it, anything in, in sport is contagious. When you see your teammate doing a great job, all of a sudden you give a little bit more effort. And that's what we did this week. We backed ourselves, we backed our teammates, and you saw the results. John really there, certainly sounding a lot more buoyant after what it would have been uh, before the game against the Adelaide 36ers. In fact, I saw him the other day. He's a, he's a lovely uh, man, and uh, I wish him the best of luck going forward. And let's hope the Wildcats continue their momentum and continue their winning ways uh, after what was a little uh, hiccup over the four previous games before the Adelaide 36ers match. Ange Postacoglu uh, hit a uh, fork in the road last night as manager of Tottenham Hotspur in the EPL. They took on the team from West London. Of course, Tottenham from North London. They took on Chelsea from West London. And uh, they were beaten by four goals to one. They led by one goal to nil early. Uh, Chelsea equalised through a penalty. But then... Tottenham lost two players. They were down to nine men for about the last half an hour of the game. And that's when Chelsea pounced on the advantage they had, 11 against nine, and scored three more goals to win by four goals to one. This is what Ange said post-match. It's, it's sort of hard to kind of analyse from a football perspective. Um, you're kind of left with... The result, which is obviously disappointing, and you know that's you, know, you don't like to lose, particularly here at home. You know, super proud of the players' efforts and will and desire and determination to get still get something out of the game. Um, but like I said, and then there's obviously the you know, the fallout from it from from our perspective, personnel-wise, which you know I guess we'll we'll deal with in the coming days. <clears throat> Ange Postacoglu there clearing the throat and probably just uh, likes to see the back of that game last night. Uh, Spurs were eventually going to lose a game and it was last night against Chelsea by four goals to one in what was a called a, a mad Monday night match in the EPL. As we've mentioned, also on the run home, Jason Dover, who I, by the way, bumped into yesterday. Uh, he's a terrific uh, individual, a very good uh, player manager in the AFL was involved in the Lockie Schultz uh, arrangement that had ended up with Lockie Schultz going to Collingwood. He manages Nat Fife, and also he looks after Dan Curtin. And he said on the SENWA breakfast program this morning with Scotty and Goss that the West Coast Eagles should seriously look at drafting local Dan Curtin. Yeah, I can tell you what I've told clubs. that He's the best I've seen come out of WA in over a decade. Wow. Um, a uh, footballer and... And person. And person. Yeah, a well-rounded wow. person. And that's why, look, I'd, I'd say right now, if I'd pick one and I'm West Coast, I wouldn't be trading pick one. I'd be taking Dan Curtin. So there you go, Jason Dover regarding uh, Dan Curtin. All right, uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to speak to uh, a gentleman, Peter Parker. He is a former test umpire. He's been involved uh, in cricket for many, many years. Uh, started in Brisbane, where he became a test umpire, and then has been involved in the umpiring fraternity for a period here at the West Australian Cricket Association. And now he oversees all the match officials program for Cricket Tasmania. We're going to have a chat to him about what transpired last night in the World Cup match between Sri Lanka and Bangladesh, where Sri Lanka's Angelo Matthews uh, made unfortunate cricketing history. He became the first player to be timed out 
at international level. It has happened at minor level around the world in other games, but this is the first time it's happened at international level. And I thought this is a significant story, particularly with the World Cup currently underway, on the implications for this going forward. We had the Johnny Bairstow controversy in the Ashes series, and now this on on a world stage with uh, what happened last night at the World Cup. By the way, as we go to the break, uh, Afghanistan, by the way, are one for 61 after 13. Peter Parker joins us next.